Hey guys, welcome to another episode of MC Anime Podcast. MC here, and I have a special guest with me today, Anton Jin. How Hello. are you doing yeah. today, Anton Jin? Uh, doing wonderful, doing wonderful. Glad to be on. Glad to be part of a podcast. You know, uh, feeling good, feeling good. So, where can they find you and tell them about yourself and who you are? Uh, you can find me on Discord with uh, Anton Jin spelt however it'll be spelt here uh 0696 i play fighting games a lot well like more like competitive games in general but like fighting games i think is where it all kind of started uh going to school in between that and juggling a little bit of work but you know everything's been doing stuff doing stuff so before we get into it for anyone who's watching NCMA Podcast today, you can find us on all the podcasts for you, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, such as also the NCMAWebsite.com. So that's also another NCMAPodcast.com is where you can find our latest episodes and our main website and other social media on Linktree. Are, so, are we still on uh, Spotify? Yeah, we are. Yo! Yo, we're still on Spotify. Hell yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm on like six, seven main directors. <laughs> Yo. Yeah. Yeah. I listened to some of your earlier podcasts uh, yesterday at work. Since oh, I was like, okay. I'm going to talk to this guy. So I might as well have like a little bit of a feel on like, how <laughs> things go. I don't blame you there. Yeah. This particular episode of NCME Podcast is Super Smash Bros. Melee versus Tekken. And Anton yeah. Jen is going to talk about that and be a highlight special guest about these two categories. Yeah, so it's something uh, like kind of, well, I'll start off with kind of why I like both is that they both have this uh, this level of player expression that like uh, Maximilian Dude did a video on this about loose versus tight fighting games. And Tekken and Melee specifically for the Smash series are both on that looser end where it's the games I feel at first feel clunky. In fact, that you, the player, don't know how to use its systems yet. And then after that, maybe a couple weeks go by of playing the game. That's when you that's when you notice, oh, this game is loose because it's clunky. Okay. So like, I'm... I see that. So it's like you have like I'm gonna, for like melee, right? You have Falco who kind of feels like is the only character with a true fireball in melee and you as a falco player you can play very much laid back and just sit in a corner and throw lasers or you could follow up after like behind your laser something like you would see in a street fighter where you use the fireball as sort of a protector like you run in behind it and then your opponent has to react to the laser or react to you. Okay. So it's like a so trap like it, bait situation. Yeah, it creates um, it's like the, diver- the diversity and play styles of the top tiers for Melee specifically. Which only like, which out of a small cast of 26 characters, like 12 are considered viable. Yeah. But from those 12 to 8 upper, the, the 8 higher tier characters all have unique play styles. Like then, it's yeah. it's a variance in gameplay rather than something ultimate that 
you oversaturate and then you have characters that play like other characters which then it's you're using the same notes to be more than one character yeah that's also another thing what i think super smash melee represents uh different combos that you can do with the character do the, the yeah. combos unique to those characters fight with the characters that you like and love and have very both style in battle and what you want to do but mm. also throw your opponent off be able to not only distract them but also the switch between offense and defense and having those different subtle I guess knowledge and depth movement base and the movement yeah. of the character to actually be able to fight to the full potential of the character yeah since melee is a very like we are very much like 20 years after the game's release we are very much not playing it as it was intended to be played like once whoever figured out how to wave dash in melee like they changed the game forever okay so let's do main dashes for example yeah. if they found out to make a, a later glitch or a later technique to do better hmm does that dramatically improve the game, or does it change the game into a totally different way how to play the game? Uh, it would add just another layer of depth to okay. it. Like the game, like if it's a glitch that affects all characters, then it has the extension to change the game dramatically. But like, if it's something like Samus's super wave dash, that's character specific it's a two-frame window to do and it only has like four or five edge case uses then it probably just improves the meta of that one character so it, if it's something discovered on a lower tier character maybe the glitch bumps them up a little bit because then this character now has a new viable option okay what is an example of a character that got boosted up from a specific melee combo that someone found uh i would you have axe with pikachu who's like axe is the pikachu player and he kind of carries that character and shows that oh this character is not as bad as people think it is you also have amsa for yoshi which yoshi is yoshi's a little bit of a mess in melee because like he has this was the first game that introduced the super armor on his double jump, something that became a mainstay feature of him. He has uh, parry, which he can jump out of his shield early in the startup, and he's invincible. And you'll be in hit stun while I'm fully actionable, and then I can just marry you out of shield, and you just can't really do anything about it. So it's I have these offensive, I have these offensive defensive tools. If that makes if that like if that makes sense. Yeah, because uh, when I play uh, Super Smash Brothers, mm. my choice of characters is Mr. Game and Watch. Yeah. Uh, King Gigi. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Meta Knight. Yeah, Meta Knight. Yeah. Lucario, Pikachu, Pokemon Trainer, and also I'll be really good at Kirby at times. But my probably my favorite yeah. that actually rose the most versatile was Mr. Game and Watch because of the different variety yeah, Game of combos. Yeah, like Game Watch is like it's I'm. Or Meta Knight because I like Meta Knight because yeah. it has 
high flying ability and could dodge yeah, the... getting thrown off the platform. Yeah, as a like Game and Watch, Game and Watch wasn't done justice in melee since he was one of the victims of the uh, 13-month cycle, like production cycle. So it's Game and Watch is very much incomplete in melee, which kind of which hurts. And the fact that it, like it's how much different the game would be if it, if it had six more months of production. Well, now it's like in Ultimate, he's this fleshed out character. He's got one of the best recoveries, I think. It's like a frame three recovery. That's like no one can do anything about unless your name is Steve specifically. Okay. So Mr. Game and Watch is a product of game development and how much time you should be able to develop the game from Melee to Ultimate. Yeah, like for Melee, Game and Watch has Mario's jump height, run speed, I think initial dash speed. Um, I think same traction because they used Mario I guess as like the base for certain characters and it's like he just didn't there just wasn't enough time to give Game & Watch his unique characteristics like his even something like an obvious sign of incompleteness is Game & Watch's shield doesn't cover his entire body like they didn't change the shield multiple like they didn't change the shield size in the formula for that. Okay. Okay. So not having enough time to develop it and flesh out more characters than they should have done. Yeah. Like well, some of the disadvantages with melee and how it was sped up through production. It. It's hard for me to want to even consider that a flaw. Because I feel like also if melee was given enough production time a lot of the little quirks that I think players enjoy would have been removed because after the release of the game they admitted that they knew that wave dashing was in the game so if it had six more months was wave dashing going to stay would the kind of the thing that rooted melee as being a competitive fighter if that was removed I don't think the game would still be as active as it is 20 years after the fact. Okay. So if Rainbow Dash... You're saying that Rainbow Dash could have been removed, but wouldn't uh, wait. just uh, upgrades be like more upgrades? Wouldn't necessarily it be removed, but actually just still be part well, of I the don't, game? Well, I think it would be removed and think that it would be... It, I feel like Sakurai views it as like anti what he wanted it's it adds a competitive aspect to a game that was designed to be a casual party game right so if sakurai wanted the game to be a casual party game and he saw this thing that makes more options that makes the game faster looser and not fun for for a casual player i think it would have been removed and not allow the game to have its personality. Okay. So the short runtime of production by six months actually introduced features to the game to give it life, give it unique characteristics that to this it's, day can be 
uh, still resonate still with people it. that still play the game. Yeah, like it's melee is kind of like a perfect storm that it's loved. It's even it's loved by one side. It's despised by its creator because they didn't want the game to be competitive. So like Nintendo actively tries to sabotage the competitive scene of the game of melee because it's i think it's part of it at first was don't turn our fun party game into a competitive game and i feel later on it changed to guys it's been 15 years please buy our other games please do something else than play this 20 year old game oh okay like, so, if they ain't broke, don't fix it kind of mentality is affecting other sales and other areas of yeah. of Super Mario. Yeah, it's... Super like, I remember when Brawl came out, Yeah, Melee had a lull because we didn't, as a community, we didn't know if Brawl's gonna pick up steam and then Brawl's gonna overshadow Melee and then Melee will die. Well, thankfully... Competitively, Brawl kind of sucked. Yeah. It, it, like, the memes of Meta Knight, of Brawl Meta Knight and Brawl Ice Climbers, and then... Oh, God, who else was a terrible top tier? Snake. Snake was a nasty top tier in Brawl. Yeah. Like, the game was... It had its high tiers, but I don't feel like the game as a whole, like, what was good in Brawl was grabbing and infinite grabs while something in melee it's these build-a-bear combos it's this fast decision making it's like just just the speed of melee versus brawl you like you could tell which one was going to survive oh okay because the games melee is a fast game so the the survivability rate of the game throughout the years is the saving grace of the game yeah. Okay. Like, Brawl... I think, like, Brawl flopped probably, like, a, like once Smash 4 was announced. And then Smash 4 flopped the moment Ultimate came out. But it's... This parallel against them is just Melee just doing its thing. Alright, so... Because it's... This is an example where the original piece is still better than the other spin-offs and other sequels. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it's I I admire even like going to the original with Smash 64. The coolest thing that you can find on Smash 64 is um uh, every year at Super Smash Con they have a combo contest for Nintendo for the N64 Smash. Mm-hmm. And that's the tightest stuff I've ever like I'm not into the Smash 64 competitive scene. Mm-hmm. But I can watch a combo showcase and still be blown away by how like the crazy setups that they're doing. Okay, I respect that. Because it's just this, it's just this technical, it's just this level of technical skill, and it's like there's item combos, there's like percent play, like they, it's they have the combo that they want to do down to a science. Okay. Of controlled, controlling all these seemingly uncontrollable variables. Okay then. So, with the combo showcase, do you feel as if 
Super Smash 64 expands onto that original game as well? Uh, it What Smash 64 did as the original game, I feel like it laid the idea of the platform fighter because it was the first of its kind. And it started this, which now is, the platform fighter is another genre now, which it's Smash 64 introduced it, and then I feel Melee kind of Piggyback removed. on the success. Yeah, like it piggybacked, and then it expanded on to make it not as floaty, not like, not as much hit stun. Like it removed what makes Smash 64 not fun to play. Oh, okay. Which, well, that's, like, I don't like how floaty the game is. I don't like the amount of hit stun in the game. Mm-hmm. Whereas Melee, they made it quick. Characters had weight to them. So, like, you feel more of the weight of the character rather than everybody's jumping on the moon. Oh, okay. Like, it's that, it's that much of a night and day kind of feel. True. And what do you think of the incorporation of story mode in Melee? Oh, uh, it, it, it's fun. It's, it's single player content, which if you look at the original, there wasn't any. Melee kind of gave you this little run around, like run through the worlds, which is cool, is fun. It does what it's supposed to do. And then it gets blown up out of proportion with Brawl, where there's like cutscenes, this overarching story these character relationships that you don't ever see like captain falcon and olimar being like that kind of like who so would put falcon this, and olimar next to each other so you think the story mode in brawl is like super fleshed out while the story mode in I, melee is like on the surface does what it needs to do it doesn't it melee it showed that they had the idea while Brawl is, okay, we took that idea and then we thought it through. And Subspace Emissary, I feel, is like one of the only reasons to play Brawl years after its release because that's the only real unique thing about the game. Okay. So you think that's, that story mode for Brawl with Super Smash Brothers is fleshed out to the point where it stands alone in the yeah. Super Smash Bros. community. Yeah, like, it's subspace is, like, I don't even think World of Light, honestly, like, World of Light for Ultimate is big, but, like, there is nowhere near the amount of heart that was put into subspace. Because yeah. in Ultimate, you get this opening cutscene where everyone dies except for Kirby, and then it's there you go. Okay, go go fight everybody. Where in Brawl, it's, you had these fleshed out cutscenes, these silent, these silent cutscenes. But it's you get a like so much more characterization is done through that, and I guess even through them all being iconic characters. Like we know how Kirby's gonna act. We know how Mario's gonna act. We know how Luigi. Like we know that Luigi's gonna be scared of everything. And it's they express that in subspace. Okay. Well, uh, a question. Yeah, I like question. Ultimate Brawl Melee 64. Which one do you think that the characters and how they are portrayed in the game 
or best suited for that particular game? Uh, I want to. I think the best representing character of their source material is Melee Samus. Okay. Because Melee Samus has all these like it's there's all these gadgets that she has anyways. Like and again, like she has the bomb, she has the charge shot, she has the missiles, and like those are her first like like those are her specials. Uh, I like that they changed Link's design as the games went on to match sort of the like adjacent Zelda title, like for '64 and Melee. Onto the Aquina of time design, and then to Brawl, they gave him more of the Twilight vibe, and and then the introduction of Toon Link, which has his own little variants, and then in Ultimate, they make it the they bring back Young Link because they changed Main Link so much to match Skyward Sword. So if you want to say a character is a time capsule of Super Smash Brothers, which one of that? What will be a time capsule representation? I've. I want to say Brawl just because it's like Brawl has way more trophies, way more collectibles, and sort of it became. Brawl sort of turned the page of turning Smash into like this homage of Nintendo history. And I just feel like Brawl does that the best since it was the other game that had trophies with Melee being the first, but Melee's trophies list is way smaller and way less representative of, like, the timeline of Nintendo. Where Brawl, it's... Because there's so many trophies, you can just see all this Nintendo lore and, like, want... Like, this... Nintendo wants you to know about their properties. Even the lesser-known, like, Japanese-exclusive titles, like Choo Choo Land or... Um, that one photography game that the assist trophy and ultimates from. Okay. I... So you feel like the trophies are represent homage to what Nintendo was, what Nintendo is, and how Nintendo is being in the state of Super Smash, bringing the crossover all together. Yeah. Yeah. Like even if, like, y- games that don't have any representation in smash we'll get a trophy as like a little like hey this is one of our games this is like the main character from that game okay that's a, that's interesting you bring that up because a lot of times people like to look for type of content like easter eggs what easter yeah. eggs are presented in super smash Bros. as a franchise uh, um in melee on Corneria, which is a Star Fox ship, like mm-hmm. that's one of the Star Fox stages. If you play one of the one of the space animals, and I think if you go like on the D-pad, like left, right, left, right, and like you hold down, your character will do a unique taunt, where then it's like Slippy will come up like on like the heads-up display of the game, and give you like some of his dialogue. Like in the voice of um, uh, Star Fox 64, or if you have one of the animals on stage, you might get a clip from the other one. Like if you're doing the special time with Falco, you'll get Fox comms, or if you do as Fox, you'll get Falco comms. Uh, that 
that I always thought was like one of like the the cute little things. Mm-hmm. And then in Brawl and in um, Smash Four, you have like Snake with the Colonel and Pit with Palutena respectively, as like the little. It was like the cute little Easter egg that it's like it's they didn't have to put that in, but they did. Yeah, like it's I like that for melee. It's like they had 13 months to make the game, but they were like, I we need to have this little interaction on Corneria with the space animals. We we need to have this, and I, I, I like that. So you think the idea development team were like digging deep into lore and Easter eggs as a way to. Be like unique, unique, screaming unique, and being yeah, like it, it's one of a kind in the game design. Yeah, it's just it's a lot of the little things I feel like for this game, for all the games. Gotcha. So, which lesser known characters in the games do you want to see in another rendition of Super Smash Bros? If I could pick a character. Yeah. If, I could, could, if I could, if I could, if I could, if I could pick a character from, well, um, a character that's not in Super Smash yet at this point. To use this as a segue into the other game, um, Yoshimitsu from Tekken. Yoshimitsu. Yoshimitsu. So he's the um, uh, in Tekken, he's the only character with a sword. Okay. And. Well, the, well, what I mean, the, his really unique thing is he has a lot of different stances. Like, he has, he will like stand, like he'll like sit on top of his sword. Like his sword will be dug into the ground, and he'll like sit on top of it and he'll like crawl with his swords. And like he has that, he has dragonfly, which is he's hovering, like he's using his sword as like a, a propeller blade. He has. A stance where he just sits down, and then he has options out of that. He has, but Yoshimitsu is like such a funky character that I feel like the Smash team could have a lot of fun with him and incorporating a lot of his elements from his source material as well as that little bit of like Smash spice that they that they. Okay, so we're going to Tekken. Yeah, what tech, yeah. does Tekken give? different people liking different fighting type games? Uh, it's, I feel Tekken's one of the harder games. Mm-hmm. So it has that challenge aspect. It has, it's 3D. It's the main, it's the big 3D fighter. Okay. So it's, it has that going for it. I feel like the characters in Tekken have like a lot, I feel like the, like the designs in Tekken is beyond astounding. Like you can sort of look more visually at a character and and like that understanding of okay, that's what this character wants to do. Just based off of looking at them. I feel Tekken does very well. Like I play King in Tekken and like he's a wrestler and he looks like a wrestler. Like he's big, he got the trunks, he has the belt, he has like he's a luchador fighter, so he has the mask. And his game plan is grab you. He wants to grab you and never let you go. Okay. So, through the different generations of Tekken, because those are like 809 of them or something like that? Uh, 
yeah, yeah. The main the mainline eight game yeah. just got announced a couple weeks ago, but it's the actual like total Tekken games. I think there's like nine. Yeah. So which developer from Tekken do you like? Capcom, Bandai, uh, the B and E, Bandai, Bandai, like Parada. Parada is a, a spirit animal type of guy. Mm-hmm. Like, he active, like, he. I remember for, for one of the reveals, and like, the crowd was going, like, all screaming and going crazy. And Parada just, when he went on stage, the first thing he said was to shut up. Okay. And, like, I, I don't think there's any developer that would just do that except for Harada. Like, he's telling you as the creator, shut up and don't ask me for anything. Alright. What did you think he meant by that? Uh, trust him. I, I can trust that Harada can deliver a product that I'll enjoy. You, you know, Harada's been making Tekken for, like, 25 years. Like, I think he knows what he's doing by now. So you're a uh, Piranha worshiper in some way. I, I, I respect the distance from fan to developer because I feel like some developers listen to the fans too much and then try to appeal to every fan. And that's where I feel like issues kind of rise where Harada is telling you, this is my game, this isn't yours. I won't tell you how to do something. You don't tell me how to do something. Oh, okay. So it's not, it's like, he ain't gonna bend to the will of the players. Instead, he's gonna bend to the will of what is the development and the creativity of the game itself. Yeah, like it's, I, I enjoy that Harada like stands his ground about that. Like, okay, so he's like more willing to bend a little bit to the company instead of the actual fight. Yeah, and it's like it's sure Tekken Seven had a couple of had a couple of mistakes, yeah. but like it's it's fine. Like Tekken, this was the first time they did DLC. This is the first time they did more cross. They did crossovers. This is the first time that they've done. This is the first time that they introduced a two D fighter into Tekken through Eliza, Akuma, and Geese. Uh-huh. Where, like. They wanted to experiment in this game, and I'm happy for it. I'm glad, as much as the community doesn't like the 2D fighters, I don't like the 2D fighters, but I'm glad that they they took the risk onto something as a way to try it out. Oh, okay. And Since unlike like, Super Smash yeah. Bros., this is actually designed to be a fighting game, not just a casual game to pick up. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like, oh, we discovered a couple things. Well, I guess this party game is now a fighter. No, it, it was designed to be a fighting game. It has the elements of it. It's you have, you have this. Yeah, it's just, it, it, it's a fighting game. It's designed to be one. It's meant to be played at a high level. It's meant to be enjoyed as a spectator sport. Which I feel like Tekken is also one of those. Like it's like both these games are really good spectator sports. Like, I remember watching Tekken 7 for, like, four or five months before I got the game, and I was enjoying every match I watched, 
So that's what I lo- like. I enjoy Doorway games are good at being. It's fun to play and fun to watch. I agree with that because most of my uh, interaction with games and video games is mm-hmm. usually watching them play. Because yeah. most of the time, I ain't gonna have that Xbox. I ain't gonna have that PlayStation. I have the Switch. Yeah. But I don't play the Switch. You know stuff like that. I. Yeah. Do not have the time to invest into a heavy long game for like six months. Yeah, but even like the fun of yeah, the fun like, of fighters. Like yeah, a Tekken set like a like a two out of three will last like ten minutes, and then that's it. And then like you're on to the next battle. Like a Smash set will last like like melee sets will last very similar. Like it's three minutes a game. Like it's you're in and out. Yeah, fighting games are specifically in a unique nature because they offer quick pace content opposed to like long, prolonged storyline and campaigns. Yeah, or even relative to like other competitive games, like a fighting game set versus like a MOBA game or CS:GO or well I don't really know how fast CS:GO is at a competitive level but I'll yeah. assume it's longer than 10 minutes right like it's just as thought provoking but it's you're making fast decisions it's a lot of quick decisions almost to the point of you're you have to react like you're just trusting on reaction more than you're trusting on okay I have time to process this because in something like Tekken where frames are everything you have to know right away oh this moves minus 10 so it's a jab punish or oh this is minus 13 this is like like, or oh they threw a laggy launcher and they're like minus a million and I'm just gonna get the full launch combo like it's you you have to know those like then and there or else you drop the interaction and then you and then you lose damage because you applied the wrong punish, you didn't punish, or even if you do punish, you drop the punish combo. Like it's the game punishes you for messing up and rewarding you for doing good. Crazy concept, I know. Okay. So it <laughs> It rewards you for doing good, but it also punishes for doing bad. So the yeah. punishment, I feel like, is the full application of knowing the game and not doing yeah. the full application. Is that correct? Yeah, or it's... It could even be a thing of it's... You did the right thing, but sometimes jank happens and it doesn't. It doesn't work out. Or it's the stage in Tekken is just gets the joke on you. Like you, you did the right punish, but you're too close to the wall. So now you have to adapt. And do you know your side hit combos? Like from the wall bouncing them off the side of their character instead of the back. Like, do you know that? Do you know, can you, like, or like if you're doing a juggle, it's like, can you get them to the wall? Can you do this? Can you do that? Oh, so this plays in different people's strengths and weaknesses. Yeah, like you'll have even characters' strengths and weaknesses, so you get that 
that character diversity, you get the player diversity. Like there's one stage I'm uh, in Tekken Seven where it's all where it's like three floor breaks in a row. King, a character who's not really who's seen in like the top echelon, like he's at the end of the top tiers. But on that stage specifically, King becomes one of the best characters in the game because his regular combo ender ends in a floor break. So he gets like two floor breaks on a big combo and then you lose like 75% of your health oh, because so King got a hop kick. Oh, so it's now so, niche applications to characters benefit in these situations. Yeah, like they benefit from stage they ben or it's um, uh, Howard Estate, which is wall breaks, but it's like it's but like unlike I think it's unlike the floor break stage Howard's with the wall breaks is less applicable in a high level tournament and it's more Howard estate with a, with high enough execution you every character has a death combo and it's kind of funny because you can re-break because it's like you do a wall break you push them up to, up to the second wall you break that wall you push them to the third wall, you break that one, and then you break, and then you do the final balcony break. It's fun, but it's also that edge case of this is just out of out of range for tournament application because your opponent's going to know what you're trying to do when you're trying to position them up to the wall. They're not dumb. They're not just going to let that happen. Okay, so it's now it's also testing other people's knowledge of those characters' strengths, so they don't play yeah, into those like, strengths. Yeah, or even if it's, it could even be less of playing those strengths, more of covering your weakness. Like, okay. I remember for the Tekken World Tour uh, 2019 for the finals, like, like the big, like this is like the tournament of it. Yeah. Rang Chu was playing um, uh, Panda, who is seen as one of the worst characters in the game, and he wins with a bear which up to that point was unheard of no one even thought a bear could win a tournament but Rangchu did it he played bear because Rangchu was very bad at sidestepping which is as someone who plays second it, it's a little tricky I'll, I'll admit it so he picked a character that covered his own weakness as a player oh and that's that's an interesting dynamic. So it's like Where, other characters like that that can actually uh, compensate for the you, player's weaknesses with actually yeah, even, adapting to their to strengthen that character? Uh, yeah, you have Leroy, who was one of the DLC characters, but it's like he has stances that can like make your life as a player easier. Like yeah, I think Hermit is it'll automatically low parry for you. Or it's, you'll have someone like Lily, who she has, who unlike Panda, has one of the biggest sidesteps in the game. Almost to the point, it's Lily can be seen as a counterpick character. Two characters who are very weak to sidestepping. Something like Yurmishima's uh, Kazumi, uh, who's another. Uh, Lucky Chloe is also weaker to sidestepping. It's so that you can learn a lower tier character that's really good at like two or three things to cover 
your main character will probably lose to other high tiers, or you can rely on playing a mid-tier for matchup inexperience. Like, if I'm playing a mid-tier, you're playing a high-tier. I've played that high- I've played against that high-tier way more than you've played against this mid-tier. Do you know what to do? Because oh, I, I know what know. to do. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like, I know what to do. And I'm going to play into that you don't know what to do against my mid-tier. And I'm going to pull all the gimmicks out. Because mid-tier gimmicks can probably steal a match. Well, no, a game. Yeah, 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 a game. Like, it could steal a best of... Like, like it could steal game one. And then I turned this best of three for me into a best of two. Because I gimmicked you game one. Okay. Oh, okay. So it's like you do the surprise factor, and then all of a sudden you take yeah. that game, and then the next two games are I have still more unknown. Breathing. Yeah, still, yeah, it's still unknown, but it puts the other player at a disadvantage. Yeah, like it's it's the stealing. Like anytime, if you can steal a game, absolutely take it. Okay. Like in both games, I've gotten, I've gotten got by mid-tiers because I don't know what I, I don't know what to do against them. Like, if I get matched up against like a Claudio, I I have no idea what to do against Claudio. All I can do is my game plan, and if my game plan works, awesome. If it doesn't, oh well, I don't know how to fight against Claudio. I I gotta learn learn the matchup like one or two games at a time. And then everything's all good. So uh, you feel like you got better? At that mid-tier of low-tier characters, or you feel like you need to be better? It's, well, for so, like for something like Tekken, where there's like 30-something characters, I think, Yeah. it's, it's out of those 30-something characters, you only really need to know the key moves of each character. Like, you need to, like, I would want to know their launchers and, like, their heavy investment strings like trying to look trying to learn matchups you want to see like where are the choke points in the character rather than trying to learn the neutral of the character because you'll have because you'll have characters like lay who have a lot of movement a lot of stances since he's the uh, kung fu character so it's like he has crane he has dragon he has viper he has he even has a drunken master so it's, it's, I'm not going to learn that 20 page essay of a character when I only need to know like six, like like 12 moves from him. Well, you can still lose them if you don't run the full expanse of the character a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's cause I'm um, like one of his main, his main moves, Razor Rush. It's after every hit is delayable. So he can check. So like you can do that as a check to see if you're blocked, if you're still holding block. And after every hit, he can go into one of the um, uh, animal stances. Okay. So like you, you can do these very slow razor rushes, and then stance, and then you punish because your opponent is still holding block, is still holding back. I felt like that delayability, which is just one of the more common places in Tekken, like a lot like. I think maybe 80% of those strings are delayable. So it adds that depth 
because not because it's a frame based game and I'm changing timings on you. Like that's like a big thing of Tekken with the all with like being better is learning the timings. Like learning how your opponent plays the game. Cause some people will just press button and just do the strings at max at the fastest time you can do. But others, the smarter ones that know that the second hit of the string is guaranteed could slow it down just to mess with you. And it's and then it's like that out opens up the door to like hit confirmable strings where it's like it's if the first if I can just throw the first swing and decide if I want to do the second hit based off of how you treat that first one. So Aww. it's I get I it's still my turn, but I get to decide how I want to take the situation. And is there like, any advantages in Tekken that if you get it, it can like it's like winning a lot of paper scissors and go first kind of scenario? Uh, winning the first like winning the first inter winning the first interaction is like the way that Tekken is played out like mid or mid to high level is like it's you don't hold forward like if you move forward in Tekken right as a match starts that's the worst thing you can do like Tekken is a lot more of it's a lot pokier so like both players will backdash away from each other at the start of the game and just wait and just see like and like they'll dance with each other to see who wants to throw the first like who wants to throw the first high committal move be like there are games where it's both players are kind of just jabbing at each other the entire game rather than throwing these big launchers crazy combos this is but it's a much more slower game because they're playing smart they're 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 taking their time at picking apart their opponent rather than I'm gonna run up. I'm gonna hop kick, and then I'm gonna just explode all over them. So like boxing. Yeah, like, like the it's boxing you, mentality. They like go in. Yeah, like the boxing, the neutral. Off, trying to find the yeah, like the, the footsies of Tekken is even well, like the footsies of any game is really it's like that's I feel like where a lot of the mental warfare happens is when. We aren't throwing punches, but both of us really want to. So, an all cross examination of Super Smash and yeah. Tekken. Where do you draw the line? Which one is your favorite of the two? Uh, it's, I, it's, I like Melee more right now because that's what I'm playing more. But like, if I like if I play Tekken for like two weeks, then Tekken's my favorite game. Like, I just. I re-downloaded Slippy for Melee like a while ago, and it was just like, that was it. Like, so you, I'm playing it like an hour or so a day. And so just, your bias is the game you're playing at the moment. Yeah, like right now, <laughs> right now I'm leaning into Melee because I just wanted to play it more. I wanted okay. to get better at it. And I feel like through playing Tekken and through like better, better drills for execution, like made my melee game better because just I got better at working a stick. So inputs got cleaner, movement got better, and then it 
once you know how to move in these fighting in these two games, the like the doors open, have fun. Like welcome to your new addiction. Yep, yep. Once, once the once the floodgates open. Yeah, it's it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to swim back into the current flow and get back to the current speed of things. Yeah, like it's it's I feel like any any fighting game you should like I feel like anybody should play at least one fighting game. Like okay. I've I've also like over the years I played a bit of Marvel three, but like I didn't have enough access to Marvel three, so I didn't really play that. But Marvel's Marvel's one of those like Marvel two specific actually over three is crazy loose, crazy open ended. Since it's you have since Marvel has the team mechanic where it's you can find uses for these lesser known characters. But it's like it's and like again it's like you have that you have that character expression. So as you have that player expression. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah it's more player expression than character expression. Oh yeah, absolutely. As this episode comes to a close what is one thing you want to tell the audience about the different the different variations of Super Smash Brothers and Tekken specifically in our discussion? Um, play melee. Just play melee. Like it, it. Learn. Understand why I've been playing this game for twenty years. Just play melee. Gotcha. It 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 it's tight. It's a fun game. Yeah and like it's and like a big thing that I've, I've just completely ignored for most of these games is the pro scene the lore of the pro scene like I think Corey Gaming did this like little documentary about Mango one of the best players in Melee and I learned stuff about him from that like it's the little like I like the interactions of the pro players in Melee because like only maybe in the past eight years they've been doing this for money but before mm-hmm. that melee you you didn't play melee to make money you played melee because you loved melee. yep i agree it's... with anton jen on yeah. melee the expansive melee and how what it encompasses is really good niche area good content I yeah. feel like with Tekken, it's a more serious fight. It's more, it, the complexity is more. Melee is more yeah. simple, well, not simple minded, but like simple it, it's, concepts. Easier to understand. It's easier to play. The diving. Yeah. The yeah, like melee, it's, it's complex, but it's easy to play. Yeah. While Tekken is, it's complex and it's hard to play. Yeah. The difficult level of playability and jumping in and learning the game itself. Yeah. So, from that discussion, take note. If you're casual, go with melee. Also, have some complexity. If you're super serious, hardcore mode, go with Tekken. Because those are the ways I can describe the games from my perspective. Melee is easy to, easier to get into. I'll, I'll surrender at that point. Melee is easier to play at a low level, and then it's 
it just gets easier to play oh. at higher levels. Awesome. Well, um, uh, thanks for having me. I'm glad, glad I could talk about things that I know way too much about. Oh yeah, you know, geek out, be representative of that of that fact. You were like kind of down in the beginning of it, but now you all like right there. Yeah, like it's it's fun. It's fun. you're embracing it. That's what I say. Being a nerd's fun. <laughs> awesome. Well. All right, guys. So this concludes Super Smash Brothers Melee versus Tekken, or Super Smash Brothers franchise versus Tekken. So you can see us on podcasts near you: Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio. Please go to our website: www.mcanimepodcast.com. Also, be part of our Patreon community: MC Animators. Can't stress this enough. You can come part of the blog. You get ideas. You can guest appearance. You can give ideas for particular topics. You can even write up scripts and other things. So keep in mind that's how you can get involved as a fan and be part of the fan of MCMA podcast. Give him Thanks. money so we can start a YouTube channel. Oh yeah, I'm always starting that. Don't worry about that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, anti for being here. Of course, of course, of course. Glad Thanks to be here. Hope I can come back. Oh, you're definitely coming back. This is not the first time appearance of Anton Jim. He's going to be back and we'll get more niche, needy content from him that I just need to explore I, I, what he is. Okay, awesome. I can talk about things for an hour, but that's about it. Bye, guys.